Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is Force Center, a show about Star Wars, pop culture, and the ultimate adventure. Trailers, dropping, and emails right as you press record. I'm Ken Napsok. I'm Joseph. Here comes the news, Scrimshaw. I'm Jennifer Landa, and I'm glad that we didn't do a reaction video because I was like, ah! What? <laughs> Here's the scoop. We have a big discussion planned today about when everyone has the force. It's a great topic we've been waiting to discuss. But for those who follow Force Center and have for a while, uh, thank you. Number one, two, uh, you know the you know the rules. We record an episode on Monday, we release it, and Lucasfilm releases Star Wars news. Well, today <laughs> Lucasfilm bucked the trend because uh, they, as literally as we all gathered in this virtual studio. Emails came across. The trailer for Bad Batch Season 3 was dropped. So we are going to do a little bit of reaction, discuss some of emotion, uh, emotions of it. And, and, and Joseph, I'll let you explain maybe some of the, the bigger plan. But I do want to say every episode, as always, is brought to you by Audible. That's right. Uh, you get a free audiobook <laughs> download and a 30-day free trial at audible.com slash force center. Audibletrial.com slash force center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android. Kindle or MP3 player. I love doing ads. It's part of life. I was watching a documentary. There's a great YouTube channel called uh, Oversimplified History. And I was watching the the Punic War. And right, he works in the commercials so well. They're cliffhangers to the Punic War. (laughs) Does Carthage or Rome win? You'll find out after this ad. So, (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, Joseph, explain a little bit, Wanu, about what's going on right now. Well, uh, I'll tell you right now, speaking of ads, we're probably going to change the book we're recommending for Audible uh, because there's some uh, a book connection to the trailer that That's dropped. Uh, this was this was great. Uh, you know, we, we come into our little uh, stream yard here and Ken was just staring at his computer and didn't even say hello. I was like, how rude. How he's rude. Like, I'm watching the trailer like what trailer that's how I discovered there was a, a new trailer for the Bad Batch uh, so here's what we're going to do we're going to discuss the Bad Batch trailer uh, just a, a little bit here at the top of this episode 
And then uh, on Tuesday, known as tomorrow in this uh, timeline, uh, Tuesday, January 23rd at 11.30 a.m. Pacific, uh, Ken and I are going to do a live stream Bad Batch uh, Season 3 trailer discussion. So we can uh, dive a little bit uh, deeper. We can take your questions. Uh, Jennifer has not entirely caught up with Bad Batch. Uh, so many of us Star Wars fans are not entirely caught up with anything except for, hey, the movies. Uh, so Ken and I uh, deeply love Bad Batch. We're going to dive a little bit deeper, but we're going to discuss it a little bit now uh, here. Instant reaction. So Jennifer, uh, your instant reaction was to the thing that I think most uh, people will be talking about, which was a character popping up toward the end of the trailer. Spoilers now for the Bad Batch trailer. Uh, Jennifer, what was your reaction to this character and why? I was really excited because prior to that, I was sitting there, well, I was like, okay, what what's happening? Oh, it's been, because <laughs> I watched the first episode of the second season of Bad Batch and I really enjoyed it, but I just have a lot, you know, I, I watch other things like the Barbie movie finally, a little bit late on that. So anyways, I saw, I heard Asajj's voice I had the captions on. That's always helpful. And I was thrilled. And then I immediately assumed it was a flashback. Uh, mm -hmm. But then you all reminded me that there's stuff that's been happening in uh, Dark Disciple that I did not read. I'm familiar with the book <laughs> a little bit. And I'm like, oh, shoot. Okay, so now I have two things to catch up on. <laughs> um, but I'm excited. I'm excited. It's, it's going to be really fun to get back into this world. Yeah, yeah. So uh, if you are just like, hey, I haven't seen that trailer yet, what are they talking about? A wonderful trailer uh, for Bad Batch following up on the themes, uh, where we left the characters, the things they're concerned about at the end of season two, and uh, some other great, uh, hey, there's Fennec, there's Cad Bane. Uh, but then uh, at the end, there was Asajj Ventress. And uh, Ken, let I've never, ever wanted to do trailer reactions because mm -hmm. as you and I discuss. Yeah have discussed sometimes we're very very straight-faced uh <laughs> my my parents used to worry about me because i loved watching cheers but uh for video people this is how i watched it that was a good joke uh, i was studying it i was yeah, i right. was thinking about it and my thinking brain was going not my like having fun with friends at the bar face uh asash pops up this is the first time i actually said yay out loud <laughs> mm, mm, mm. uh it's like oh maybe we can do trailer reactions we're not going to. Um, but my process was, oh, that's great. More time with Asajj. Wait. Right. Mm -hmm. Would this be a flashback? Uh, mm -hmm. And I'm sure this discourse is going on everywhere and the sites have already been formed. Uh, there's already <laughs> screenshots with things circled. Uh, From my quick examination, mm -hmm. uh, it does indeed look like she is facing the clones with uh, their modern armor. But that, of course, could be trailer magic. Uh, mm -hmm. This is also spoilers for the book Dark Disciple. So if you don't want any spoilers about Dark Disciple or Asajj Ventress, uh, fast forward five minutes. Or the end um, of the Clone Wars. <laughs> or the end of the Clone Wars. <laughs> or Bad Batch Season 2. Um, we'll try to keep those spoilers light. Anyway, uh, it, it seems like the great discussion, Ken, is going to be a flashback to earlier in the clones' lives when Asajj was working as a bounty hunter during the Clone Wars. Or could uh, another character have survived what appears to be their demise in Star Wars. And we could therefore get much more quality time, quality storytelling with uh, bounty hunter Asajj Ventress, who has found her own footing and is making her own choices, her own way in the galaxy. Uh, what was your emotional journey seeing Asajj and going flashback? 
more Asajj in, in different yeah. timeline? I, 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 I think it's important to go to those gut reactions that we all might have. I, mm-hmm. I got excited. I would, I, you, that would, you, we, I, trailer reactions are the bane of my creative existence as well. <laughs> but you guys kind of saw my reaction because I literally went, oh, oh, oh. And you had, you both hadn't watched it. So I, I shut my mouth. I actually removed myself from StreamYard to finish watching it. Um, so it was excitement. It was like, oh, God, that's a great character. I'd love to see her in this uh, timeline. And then, then you start doing the math. And I, I, I just want to focus on the fun of it. I think there's some. Alex Damon texted me immediately and was like, oh, here comes the Dark Disciple d- discourse. And and that's true. And I think it's important discourse to have if if she, in fact, is alive. And the the moments of that book, which, you know, Christy Golden wrote a, a great, well-received book based on Katie Lucas's unproduced Clone Wars scripts. I think it's a great story. Uh, there's always discussions to have around the stories and what's in the stories and all that kind of stuff. But I, I think it's 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 well-received. It has it has a pretty solid you know, ending in terms of what happens. And if, if we're moving past that and going against that and reworking it, maybe we do have the discussion. Maybe are we in the canon level era of, of new star Wars? Are we back to a, B, C and D and uh, you know, detours canon? Like that's, that's the discussion maybe to have, but I think you're right. I mean, a flashback or a scene that's not necessarily just even a flashback, like a do, 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 but just, we start the story somewhere else. She warns them about what might happen. There's things she information she could give a clone team at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of possibilities, and I just want to keep in that excited frame of mind to discover what those possibilities are because I love this character and I think it's valuable to have her around. Yeah, I mean, I think pulling back to like the biggest picture for me is like more time with the character is phenomenal. A flashback would would be great. Um, to mm-hmm. to spend some time with that character to see her with uh, her her uh, more self realized <laughs> bounty hunter yeah. look away from Dooku making her own yeah. life choices away from the Sith um, mm-hmm. you know the hair is cool the lightsaber is cool just more quality time with the character is cool if that's what it is wonderful uh, great if the character uh, did survive the events of Dark Disciple yes I I can see what you're saying Ken there's the tension of like are they going to change an event from a, from a book? Mm-hmm. If they didn't change the actual event, if it was, you know, like Maul, hey, we, we thought this character was gone, but turns out, nope, they are nope. not. Uh, yeah. Somehow, Asajj Ventress returned. <laughs> this course uh, begins. All, all that for me is like, yep, th- all those are valuable discussions. Different people are going to feel strongly. What I care about most in the big picture is... Star Wars is a a myth that presents us with characters where we can see different sides of ourselves, different sides of our experiences, different sides of other people in the real world's life experiences. And I think people gravitate toward uh, Asajj because she has a really important story of someone who is cool and deadly and, you know, the sort of classic femme fatale. But then we dive deeper with Katie Lucas's writing and she's this trauma survivor caught between different worlds. And we finally get to see her in a place where she's making choices for for herself. Spending more time with that character is more valuable to me than did they change some canon from a book. Are too many characters surviving after their apparent demise? Those things are important. They're interesting. But for me, the most important thing is the character's amazing. And I would love to spend more time with her. 
Which yeah. makes me wonder story-wise, which is what I was trying to figure out after you guys told me about the Dark Disciple <laughs> stuff. It, immediately I'm like, oh, it's a flashback. It's a cameo. It's a way to be like, hey, remember this character that you liked? She's in this show if you haven't watched Bad Batch, right? Uh, maybe she has a, a, a pivotal scene, pivotal episode. But if she is alive and they are going to feature her, well, that whets my appetite. And get, I want more of her. Which mm. then makes me think, is this an intentional move because they are going to build something with her? Could she mm. potentially appear in live action somewhere? Like that's where I start spiraling out of control because it's like, oh, you're, you're going to give me a taste? Well, I want – you can't just give me one chip. I want the whole bag, right? I want the whole <laughs> bag. So I, that's why I'm like, uh, they know. They know what we want. They're just going to give us a, a little taste with maybe like a flashback scene or whatever. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe it's going to be the era of Asajj Ventress. Mm-hmm. It, it could be. In, in, in terms of uh, just this season, the show, I would expect it to go the way even you're describing, Jen, of, of she's there for a very key moment, maybe a very key episode. We kind of saw that in the trailer going into season two, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Where, uh, you know, certain characters are in the trailer and everyone goes, yes, and they have a wonderful episode, right? Uh, and, and I think I'm not expecting her to be much more than that. But to what you're saying, the excitement for this character, Joseph, what you're saying, which ties into something that, Jen, you had been covering on this channel almost 10 years ago about the excellent work of Katie Lucas to take a character, and this isn't a a shade at the original Clone Wars, the the Gendi uh, Tartakovsky stuff, take a character that might be surface cool, surface Star Wars awesome, because it was, and added some real world depth to the story. uh, To to marry that and spend more time with this character in any way, shape, or form is the value I'm going to focus on there. Yeah, absolutely. I I think she fits in with the world of Bad Batch if it's a flashback or if it's uh, moving forward because mm-hmm. part of what we've loved about Bad Batch is it's a trauma tour. It's a tour of what is the real impact <laughs> yes. of the Empire in every way from like a little <laughs> village, a big planet that thought they were totally safe from the Empire to clones who were, you know, serving it, it, to, to you know, y- young Jedi Padawan who, who, are, who are now adrift uh, because mm-hmm. of this. Mm-hmm. It's a tour of how everybody is truly impacted by horrible authoritarianism. Yeah. And Sash Ventress is totally uh, like raised my hand like, are, are we talking about trauma inflicted by authoritarians? Uh, I have some thoughts. Right. Uh, if she's a flashback or moving forward, the character so fits very importantly into the discussion of that mm. show. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's you know, I keep saying Bad Batch season two right now is like my favorite season of Star Wars television. And, and, and you're you're really capturing why. Like, Ken, why do you like it? <laughs> Everyone's in a horrible state and they're trying to push through. It's great. It is. <laughs> they're they're finding hope in the most horrible times. And yeah, and that's that's what's powerful about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and it is also this is really a, definitely a sort of a check yourself before you wreck yourself. It absolutely could be a flashback and that could be. Yeah. And it could be a flashback and she could be in the episode for five minutes. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it, my, my, my final thought on that, and we can get some quick general reactions and, and move on our discussion, I suppose, but is, is the, uh, don't forget if you're starting some ventures discourse, the, the creators and people behind the show probably read that book. They know what's happened. <laughs> this wasn't just done because it was a character on a poster board that now ah, let's just take this one down and throw it in. Uh, it was no. probably done with great purpose. So, uh, at least give them the benefit of that doubt before screaming on the internet. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, th- uh, the other thing that popped up in the trailer for me is uh, seeing uh, Fennec and Cad 
Spain, um, which there has been a lot of discussion, us included, of uh, wondering if Boba Fett will figure in, uh, mm-hmm. o- Omega being a, a potential sort of sister figure to Boba Fett. Uh, mm-hmm. They have been doing some work on uh, continuing resolving issues from the Clone Wars era, the Clone Wars animated series. There's the famous uh, Clone Wars episodes that were planned where where Boba Fett gets his dad's armor and is kind of like fully baptized <laughs> into the world of I am the Boba Fett that you know. And there's been a lot of speculation of will Bad Batch feature Boba Fett feature that story. Ken, does just seeing Fennec and Cad Bane in the trailer make you feel like, yeah, we might actually finish Boba Fett's story and how it relates to yeah. Omega. Hondo watch is still pretty low, unfortunately. I think there's still one more chance for Hondo to show up. Uh, the odds on Hondo have gone down, but the fan duel pick of Boba Fett going up, it's a, it might be a pick to click for me, I, I think. What uh, if that is Hondo in an Asajj mask, I think? <laughs> then the entire internet would be united in being upset about it. If, if you're at the sports book at the win, put that bet down, kids, and you might be a millionaire by uh, the end of this series. Uh, mm-hmm. I, 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 it would see weird. And, and Jen, this is a great time. And I know we're unfortunately maybe getting some spoiler territory, but I think it's something that emerged in season one. Anyways, um, the idea of 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 not addressing in some way, shape, or form that Omega is essentially, for lack of a better, more you know, distinct term, the sister of Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. I, it would seem incomplete if they didn't deal with it. Um, so, Jen, where does that where does that leave you with the excitement to go visit season two and run into season three? I feel like Winona Ryder on the stage. Remember, she's like looking around. I'm like trying to remember all these pieces. It's been a while since I saw season one. Uh, certainly season two, and I, it's really hard for me to wrap my head around this. I'll be honest. I mean, but it's it's fun. It's fun. And like putting those pieces together. Right. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I have to really think about that. Does does that make me David Harbour and Joseph Paul Reiser? Or Matthew Modine? <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm fine with it if you are, Joseph. I think that's great. I'll, I'll go Matthew Modine. But besides yeah, that, yeah, I'm yeah. good. I'm good. Oh no, no hate on Paul Reiser. Um, yeah, we can, I think, talk about the rest uh, more, maybe in more depth tomorrow, Ken. I'll just say, yeah. like, for, for the – those are the shiny things. What could these sort of cameos or one-off episode appearances mean? But for the heart of the series, the clones that we've been following – I love that so much of it was centered on the idea of we are ready to be done with fighting. We are ready to be done with the war, but our mission isn't over yet. And the sort of through line of these clones that we've been following, the Bad Batch, and all clones with, with Rex in there too, really coming to terms with we, we were born to be warriors, but we didn't get to choose the war we fought. And now we are defining how we want to end our battle and, and get out of the fray is... It's it's so it's so powerful. It's a story about you know reclaiming your purpose and about accepting the the bad things about your heritage and the good things about this is intrinsically who I am and I believe in myself. All that stuff that makes Bad Batch beautiful was so present in the trailer. Yeah, well said. Uh, we get to decide what to do with tomorrow, and 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 I think tomorrow when you and I discuss this, I think one of the things we'll be looking at is this trailer with some big shiny things you said, and not let's not overlook Ian McDiarmid back in another great moment of the, with the Emperor. Holy moly! Uh, this seems like it's setting up a rather personal, intimate season, right? It's it's mm-hmm. about the the 
the, the clones, the family, Omega, it's all those things in, in deciding to fight for. So, uh, yeah, good table set for to a deeper discussion, but loved. Uh, and plus the action. It's another thing I love of this uh, series as well. Yep, yep. It mixes the, the, the trauma tour with just some great Star Wars pulp, you know, cliffhanger adventure. There's a literal cliff on this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this one. Yeah. Uh, all right, so uh, we will uh, talk more about that tomorrow. And Ken, we should also plug our live stream at the end of this coming week. That's right. Uh, our monthly live stream is going to be this Friday. That is, uh, what is that, the 26th? I, I so don't look at calendars like I should anymore, but it's Friday, 26, 2 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, we'll be hanging out, uh, and uh, hopefully you're all there. I'm sure we'll have some great questions. As always, we'll take questions from all over the world, meaning literally uh, pop culture, life, those kind of things. But uh, the focus on Star Wars uh, will be uh, very much uh, uh, there as we probably still talk about this trailer and the discourse around Asajj Ventress. Exactly. So uh, again, on Tuesday, 1130 a.m. Pacific, you can join Ken and I for the Bad Batch Season 3 trailer live stream. And then, of course, on Friday, should we dive into our main topic then? Let's do it. All right. Uh, when everyone has the force, a book report. No, <laughs> uh, it's just the way I said that. Anyway, teacher, here are my thoughts. Anyway, one of the big ideas of Ahsoka that we've been having so much uh, fun kind of separating out the characters, the ideas, but one of the biggest ideas of Ahsoka is that everyone does indeed have the Force. Uh, Lucas and Filoni have both discussed this in interviews over the years, but the Ahsoka series made it explicit in the storytelling. Huyang and Ahsoka both do clarify that talent does matter, but with patience and training, everyone, in theory, could access the Force up to some point. We'll talk about Sabine specifically, but we also want to talk about this idea in the bigger picture, starting with our, our youth. Uh, our perspectives often do determine our reality, and we try to own when we grew up, and we love hearing uh, from, from you in, in comments, everybody watching and listening, of uh, how you were affected based on what you saw first and all that kind of thing. So, Jennifer, when, when you were a kid, growing up with the original trilogy, how did you interpret the Force when, when there wasn't, a, you know, a bunch of uh, opinions and, and essays on the Internet that didn't exist yet? Uh, did you think other people had the Force besides Luke, Kenobi, Vader, Leia? It really felt like a small group of superheroes, right? Like a really mm -hmm. these these are special. I mean, the chosen one, right? The hero, the hero's journey of Luke. Like it just felt like this is just a, a little slice of it. And even though in theory, I could have thought that there were more as a kid. I, I just couldn't really comprehend that. It was all about this family, you know. And for mm -hmm. me, it's like, oh, the fact that Leia has it. Ooh, okay. Like that was, it was just like, this is, yeah, this is like a very, like a, a, a monarchy or whatever, you know, like this, this is a very <laughs> special royal family. that is mm -hmm. the Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. if anybody's, you know, uh, having a strong reaction to that, we're definitely going to talk about that. The, uh, the dynastic uh, interpretation Dynast. of, of Star Wars or, yeah, no. Um, Ken, how did, how did you feel growing up, uh, pre-internet when you had nothing but your imagination and maybe a couple of your friends to bicker with on the playground? Uh, mm -hmm. did, did you feel like everyone had the force? Yeah. I, Jen, you're pitching like Lord's song Royals in Star Wars. I, I, I like it here. <laughs> um, exactly. yeah, uh, I went with, it was, 
New Hope threw a wrinkle in it. I think overall I thought it, it was something Luke had. It was something Vader slash Anakin had. And then we learned Leia had it. And even that was kind of like, but well, I get, you know, Empire, she does close her eyes and feel things. Uh, and it felt like it was this small corner, but mm-hmm. because of a New Hope where they all, everyone says, may the force be with you through the, for, for the, throughout the first three movies. But in New Hope, it just seemed to be more present. It seemed to everyone, Jan Dodonna being the first to say, may the force be with you. To have everyone else kind of, be like, yeah, yeah, the, the force. Oh, this kid's got the force. Yay. You know, you know, and it seemed like everyone knew it and everyone knew Luke was it. Mm-hmm. And and I'm not even saying that sticks with me throughout my existence, but that's kind of where I floated around into your question, Joseph, in the 80s of it was something only a few could get, but everyone understood it and everyone wanted to practice the principles of it, I felt. It, it, it was a little bit why the conversation around balance was maybe hard to understand in my younger days because it just seemed like, no, the force was rooting for one side. Didn't you hear? Didn't you see? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's kind of what I took going forward for a little bit. Yeah, I think I think it, from a little kid perspective, I got that, oh, it's it's natural. It connects everyone and everything. It, it's everywhere it, mm-hmm. that, it, you know, that it wasn't exclusive, but the ability to access it did seem exclusive and that's what the story was about luke was mm-hmm. you know th- the new hope the only hope and i think for me the there is another talk and being mm. just old enough to spend the years between empire strikes back and return of the jedi going like it's a murder mystery who is the other and my, yeah. my brother and i debated like lando chewy you know i i think we we <laughs> it's yes it's very funny to watch from a modern perspective. Like, well, yeah, it's Leia. I mean, there's no mystery. <laughs> yeah, right. there's no mystery. Like, right. if, if, you know, if they did that in a modern movie and, and Leia closed her eyes at the end of Empire and like, I know where Luke is. And everybody would be like, yeah, the other's Leia. It's, it's, <laughs> it's <laughs> blindingly obvious. <laughs> right. Uh, but, you know, we used to debate who that other was. But, but the talk yeah. of the only hope and the other, it felt to me like the philosophy of the Force is that it's everywhere. But this idea of being able to access it and use it and, and, and turn it into abilities uh, mm-hmm. felt um, felt very specific and unique. I think I also, I'm just going to own my my bias. There was all sorts of Luke, are you a Luke? Are you a Han? My mm. brother was mm-hmm. Han. I was Luke. Um, before Return of the Jedi and the sibling revelation, it, it, it was sent, one of the big questions that kids would talk about is, is Leia going to choose Luke or Han? Uh, mm-hmm. That was a mm-hmm. discussion that I had. And I always felt like, well, I think she should, she should choose Luke. But I was like, but she's going to choose Han because he, he has it all. He's charming. He's got a cool ship. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I think a part of my like force bias was it didn't seem like Luke was getting this, you know, exclusive power from my little kid perspective. It felt like Han has everything. And most kids like Han better. Can Luke have <laughs> one damn thing that's his? That's can it. he win once? Can he have the force? They're like, I, if Return of the Jedi came out and Han was like, ah, I can use the force too. I'd be like, come on. <laughs> that would have been my little kid perspective of the way I yeah. was sort of processing it all through my own life. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, look, I carry that a little bit, like a tiny bit of it even to, into now. We'll, we'll probably come up later. But yeah, I, I think that's just because owning our perspective and owning our experience and journey. But uh, I want to ask this follow-up question. Nothing about the storytelling of the original trilogy ever made me feel like excluded in this idea. Like Luke is a noble, a royal, and the force is only for special people, not you, kid. Mm. Mm Worry of Luke being that he is a farmer from nowhere that no one thinks is special. 
always felt to me like I'm supposed to identify with Luke. Everyone is supposed to identify with Luke. The message of the films always felt to me that anybody can, could, everybody has something as special as Luke does. Mm -hmm. You know, it never Mm -hmm. felt to me like a story about not you kid, only the special one, (laughs) only a rich Mm -hmm. name. How did you feel about like, Ken, how did you receive the message of the film? I think you're, 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 you're right. Uh, you know, it might have inspired me to to believe I could be a baseball player, which um, the sports analogy might come up in this episode because that that famous guy, a Lucas reference of of anyone can you know train, but only if you have the super skills. I, I took it as inspirational, and and I, I don't mean to cast any any uh, aspersions on 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 sequel conversations and those who have a, a kind of that issue of of the Skywalker Royals uh, or mm-hmm. or Ray and and and, and every, uh, you know the idea that everyone can touch it and everyone can have it is something I'm on board with but I I I didn't take again it's my perspective and journey I, I own that but like I didn't take offense that there was any suggestion that it was just Ray Finn Poe they they were anyone it, Ray she's the only one touched with this magic power I, I I don't take offense to that I take inspiration from it because of what you're describing about Luke's journey and I'm not saying yeah. I'm right, they're wrong. I'm just, it's a different time. It's the way we discuss things a lot more, you know, just as a fandom, a lot more detailed and deep than we used to. But I, I was with you. That could be me. I'm from a small town. I, I could have some power inside me. And that's what I took from it. I really honestly did. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I I tried to use the force. I tried to move sticks with my mind because it was so like any anybody can do it because Luke is the underdog. Jennifer, A, did you ever try to move sticks with your mind? Did you ever try to have the force? Yes. <laughs> and 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 did you did you relate did you see yourself in Luke? Did you feel like the message of these films is everybody is important. Luke is looked on as a nobody, but he is he's special and maybe I could be special too. Yeah, I think I think it was very inspirational for me. I saw myself a lot in Luke in that he had this special ability. And Ken, like you, I thought I was going to be an actor when I was a kid, a very successful actor. Uh, and because I was, you know, I had this ability. And like, look at Luke. He came from this farm, this farm boy. You know, he was he didn't even know that this existed within him. Right. And mm-hmm, one day yeah. he had this awakening and that was his destiny. I was very much when I was mm-hmm. younger even not so long ago, a real believer in like, what is your destiny? That was his. So I never really kind of got up, caught up in the idea that he, it was like this, like, you know, the Royals, uh, as you were saying. Um, But we'll, we'll talk about that more in a little bit. Yeah. I think it's just fascinating uh, to, to discuss the entire storytelling of Star Wars as we know it now versus Mm -hmm. what, what people our age experienced with just those first three films. And I think right. what what mm-hmm. we're all agreeing on is there nothing felt exclusionary about those three films, but maybe right. it does as the Star Wars story, you know, evolves. Right. Right. Uh, right. But that's, I think, want to own our perspective. So jumping forward, the prequels come out and, and the force became tied to the idea of midi-chlorians, microscopic life forms living in solid, all living cells that speak to us of the force uh, in my opinion, it is a more scientific version of, of what Obi-Wan and Yoda said. It, it It's in all of us. It's in all of nature. It's connect, it connects everything. But now is this more, um, you know, a, a quantifiable version of it? Ken, did the, did the midi-chlorians discussion, revelation, change your thinking about the Force being available to everyone? Uh, it did. It did a little bit, and, and I think I'm in a, a way better spot. I was I was part of the the audience that might have been like, "Huh," when when that 
all was first said, and I, obviously there was great pushback against it, and there still might be of making uh, of Neil deGrasse Tysoning magic, you know, of trying mm. to explain it. <laughs> but as as time has gone on, and some of those Clone Wars episodes that you know, that Mortis and just Yoda on his dark, uh, long dark tea time of the soul, uh, there's a mystical side to it that I really appreciate, and I don't think it was just dry science trying to explain it. I think I think George had some great thoughts behind it and ideas and just wanted to ex- explore it. Uh, so I've followed a lot more. But to your point too, I'm just like, oh, okay, there's some levels inside all of us. We got to go you got to take your shick raver, shick uh, razor and, and test your blood and have Qui-Gon do it. <laughs> and, 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 you, and, and you might know what you're capable of. And, and, and I'd even take it as a power ranking, something that will probably come up for conversation here today. Uh, you know, that idea, it just, it, 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 it was more interesting as time gone on, but I, I can't lie and say 1999. I thought it was just wonderful that Anakin was off the charts with this science. Mm-hmm. Jennifer, how, how was your midi-chlorian journey and did it affect the way you thought about who has access to the force? Yeah, I think initially I was one of those people as well that was like, what? Because anything with like biology and science, I'm like, oh, okay. And like, I love the mysticism of it. I, you don't need to explain yeah. it to me. I will believe it. I want to have faith in it, right? right? So that to me, and then it also felt like, when I got introduced to this idea with the prequels, I kind of had a little bit of a reaction where it felt like Anakin was Jesus Christ, right? <laughs> where I was That's like, mm. not subtle. It's not, uh, subtle. It's not subtle, right? <laughs> it's Maul's subtle. visage did not, uh, you know, dissuade you from having a, you know, specific mm-hmm. kind of uh, religion interpretation mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. the hero is a, a miracle birth and, and the villains got some Satan vibes, you know? Yeah. 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 Right, right, exactly. And then that's when I was like, oh, this does feel like it very much is like this dynasty. But the thing about the midichlorians is that now looking at it, I don't think that at all. I think it's wonderful that, you know, anybody could have the force because they have, you know, a lot of midichlorian, high midichlorian count. And I think it it opens a story up more as opposed to how I think I thought of it when I was younger, where it's about the bloodline. It's one mm. of the reasons I don't like that Ray is a Palpatine. I really wanted her to be a nobody. I thought that was a really important story to tell which we'll get in later. Um, <laughs> but I think having the midichlorians opens that up so that anybody can be, you know, a, a Jedi. Yeah. Or, or uh, how, you know, be able to use a force, excuse me. Yeah, I, I, I love what you're both saying. I think I had the immediate kickback because it was a change in my perception of just the way we talked about yeah. it. I, yeah. I think that's yeah. where I came around to. is like, you know, the midichlorian thing just adds some nuance and some perspective and some other ways to look at it. It doesn't change anything that Obi-Wan or Yoda said in the original trilogy to me, Obi-Wan and Yoda just said it in a much more mystical way. And mm-hmm. the, the midi-chlorians and, and doing a, a blood count uh, with, mm-hmm. a, you know, a, a razor that can transmit blood samples across space. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or transmits the readings of them, at least. Um, I think I had that initial kickback of this is, you know, overly scientific. This is a power ranking. Its function in the movie is to say there's no doubt this kid has a huge amount of natural talent. There's no doubt about it. But the more I fell in love with the prequels and and the more I got sort of um, frustrated with Gen X repeating the same criticisms of the Phantom Menace and the Mm -hmm. prequels again and again, the more I felt like, you know, people saying, well, it's just science now. It's like, really? Microscopic beings that know the will of an energy field that connects us all whispering in our blood. (laughs) That's science. 
I mean, it is, but you know, yeah. it, it's it's so mystical, and as as you're saying, Ken, it's explored in the Clone Wars with uh, mm-hmm. Yoda's journey uh, and all that. So I, I think once I got past sort of like the bump of this is a different way to talk about it, I really like where that it leads us to where we got with Sabine is. Yeah. Talent matters. You know, there is a, you might be able to do a a ranking system of blood and we might be able to say Anakin has a higher midi-chlorine count than anybody. And Sabine, your midi-chlorine count is for bleep, Mm -hmm. but that's not, that's, that's talent. That's Mm -hmm. the sort of base level. It's not talking about, you know, how hard you work. It's not talking about the way you apply the talents you do have. I feel like the midi-chlorines actually, they could tip into just sort of no fun power ranking but I think they actually do set us up for a discussion of we're talking about net a natural amount of talent. Now, where do you go from there? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And one one of my final big thoughts on that is, is when, when you eventually kind of go to the text and the text of the original uh, trilogy, uh, that whole, you said it, Yoda uh, talking about luminous beans and all that and crude matter, that whole wonderful sequence. That was just a wonderful poetic Kasdan way of explaining, I think, what George came back in a more uh, direct way, which I, I don't think mm-hmm. uh, is bad. So, yeah, that's where I eventually got with that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we can get uh, caught up in the the canon of the force, the lore, the the rules. How are you going to write it out in the rule book of a role playing game? All that. But but uh, we should never lose the why, I think. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of a, a big and important question, I think, for how we all process this. Uh, Jennifer, for you, what does the force mean as an idea, uh, an analogy for anything in our world, like the storytelling of it? What What is the force to you and why does it matter? I think it's important to me because it, it forces, uh, it's about having faith, believing in something bigger than yourself. Mm. It, it takes the focus off of ourselves, me, 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 and the ego. And it's like, there is something else at play that I can tap into, that can help me, that I can help others. It's this really beautiful thing, which is actually now why I'm thinking about it. You were talking about the midichlorians um, and the power levels. I don't like that because mm-hmm. then immediately I'm like, well, Anakin's at the top and where is Sabine? And then <laughs> it's like, that's not the fun of it. The fun is like, how much can I, an everyday person, tap into this, move my salt and pepper shakers as I used to do, try to do when I was a kid, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, and maybe it's because I grew up religious. So like, for me, it was like, I bought into it, no problem. I can, I could even believe in some crazy stuff now, even though I'm not as religious. But like, I, I, I just, I love that idea of the force um, and the mysticism of it. And don't explain it to me, just, just let me believe in it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think e- even with some of Lucas's, I want to explore this more. There, there's so much Star Wars storytelling where Jedi are still like, well, it's, it's the unending mystery. The more we understand it, the more questions are raised. And I, I think there is plenty of Star Wars storytelling about the Force that that keeps its ephemeral nature mm-hmm. a- alive. Uh, what I'm really responding to with what you're saying, Jennifer, is uh, kind of this idea of more than the sum of our parts. That. Right. Science can explain almost everything about our body. And, and I, I, um, uh, I grew up very l- super lightly <laughs> religious. Uh, we only went to churches where half the service was uh, hippies playing Beatles songs. Uh, <laughs> uh, God bless yeah. the Jesus movement of the 70s. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, something. Something is, a, I, I think they probably played something. And that's a good four song. Uh, but, 
but for me, I, I, I sometimes describe myself as is spiritual. I don't need a specific dogma attached to it. For me, my life experience is I believe science, but we also are, to me, more than the sum of our parts. Uh, mm-hmm. Science mm-hmm. can't quite put, uh, mm-hmm. can't quite explain everything in my mind. So, mm-hmm. so there's that, that sense that I have in my gut that we are more than the sum of our parts. And more than anything, with a lot of the storytelling around the force itself, uh, I think one of the main points of the midi-chlorian was to support that theme in The Phantom Menace of the idea of, of symbiont, of we are all connected. Mm-hmm. We are all in this together. We wouldn't be able to know the force without the midi-chlorians. Is, to me, it is the same as what Yoda is describing, is it connects all of us. It it. it is between you and me and and the tree and you know it, it penetrates us and it binds us it means it it is in us it is of us but it connects us to everything else and for me just as a as an idea it's just like that's true and th- there are so many philosophies where um the individual is promoted above all else or mm-hmm. you know the 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 rules of the jungle you know the strongest survive so i'm gonna cut in front of you or (laughs) not care you know if if somebody else is in pain i got mine to me the force is sort of a pushback against that philosophy of we're all connected and the more we help one another the better for all of us um that's how i think about the force and then i'm going to pitch it to you ken but i also want to put a pin in there's a difference to me between interpreting the force and interpreting characters who can use force abilities mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so ken mm-hmm. how do you interpret the force how do you kind of uh, think about it i got it. there's a lot to catch up here first of all how did it go something in the way he moves through you i don't want to sin right now I don't want to yeah. sin right now um and jen man let's take a swing through the satanic panic Star Wars was almost canceled in my house. There was grumbles and whispers behind my parents as they got me Star Wars toys because of Mm. that darn Eastern mysticism. Coding the West's religion is the only Mm. thing right. Um, And it's so interesting to have this discussion now where I think Star Wars the Force represents a a, a pure form of spirituality or religion even if you want to because – and look, it's it's mileage may vary and it's how you take it it all in. I look at it right now in this day and age as the Force kind of represents – represents our relationship with with our own choices and the choice to be better and the choice to be better for those around you. Quite frankly, Joseph, you're describing the force of socialism and I love it. Uh, we're, we're all plugged in. We're all right. plugged in. And do you get it? Right. Yeah. Do you get it? Do you get it that we're all here together? We um, all have tiny union activists in every <laughs> cell of our body. <laughs> they're chanting and they're trying to get through. Uh, Yoda's Robert Reich. Um, look, um, uh, the old republic is is Eugene uh, uh, Debs. Um, look, I, I uh, jokes aside, like that's kind of where I'm at with it now. Where you mentioned the destiny of it all, Jen. My interpretation of destiny has been documented over this podcast is changing of this call for destiny. Kind of what you were saying. I shall be a great baseball player. Oh, I was cut from a high school team. I don't know what I am. Like, and, and, and it's really about the choices and the choices in front of you and the choice to be better tomorrow and the choice to plug in and empathy and compassion and all those things. It represents a beautiful thing to me. And, uh, and just and why you can plug into it in, in, in various levels. There's a, we'll have a discussion about who, who actually might be tapping into it and, and they don't know. Uh, sorry. I always preview the questions to come because I get excited. Yeah. No, uh, that's so fine. that's my that's my kind of relationship with what the force means now. 
Yeah, I love it. I love it. I want to talk just a bit about abilities because I think you and I, you, you, you and, uh, and I and Jennifer, we all we're all discussing um, the mm-hmm. force. Yeah, but that's different than than using it to throw a rock <laughs> or, a, or, or a Jedi mind trick. And I've always interpreted that everybody is connected to this. We're all connected to it. The the force abilities thing for me, um, it, it got in young of relating to Luke and relating to the idea that the force, being able to use the force is like talents, which I truly believe we all have talents. We all have the force. We all have them. Different talents and in different levels that we can then perfect or not. But it, yeah. it was, it was, uh, it just dovetailed with my life experience. My dad is a phenomenal visual artist, just amazing. Um, and early on, I did not seek it out. I, I doodled in kindergarten and the teachers made a big deal of it because my doodles l- looked more like an actual dog than the other kids. Mm. Do. Mm. They just, they did. Mm. And people made a thing about it. And when when I start really absorbing Star Wars and it's like, you got this talent from your father. It's like, it's 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 me. I got this raw talent from my dad. Mm-hmm. Now, I see that as a raw talent of I have yeah. I can access this specific ability a little bit more easily because I inherited it from m- my bloodline. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I could decide how much I want to practice it, hone it, refine it. And there, there are people who maybe didn't don't didn't mm-hmm. get complimented for their doodles in kindergarten who are ten million times better artists than I am because I've spent zero time lately honing, perfecting, mm-hmm. and, and for me that that's a way into thinking about the force and thinking about the midi chlorine count is a measuring device, but it, it doesn't matter if Anakin never tried. Mm-hmm. Sabine would be 10 times more powerful than him because she is honing, practicing, putting herself to it. Okay. Uh, Ken, how, does that make any sense to you? Do you look at it differently, I, the ability side of it? No, it does, because it even goes back to a little bit of what's at play and at stake in The Phantom Menace, the idea of visions and what what is going to happen because we got told or think it's going to happen versus uh, what do we, you know, what do we choose and what do we do with all this information, right? I, I agree with you, if, you know. Anakin in that moment says, yeah, thanks, Qui-Gon, for the offer. I'm good. I'm sticking here. And, and Qui-Gon respects that. Those 20,000 chlor- muddy chlorians are now in a pod race again. You know, like, <clears throat> that's where it's at. And, and I think it's a lot about that. And I, I love the story of what you're saying with your father's skills and what you have and what you choose to do to it. That, uh, that's it. And, and and it boils down, like, you know, going back to the kid on the playground thing, I definitely know I've said this story. I'm your uncle at a party repeating himself, but I think it's <laughs> uh, appropriate to bring it up here where I, I would be on the playground and, and no one in my school wanted to uh, take on the part of, of Lando. I could think of some bigger reasons why. We'll discuss another podcast. But uh, I would try to convince my friends because I was the – jerk schedule you know you're playing this character you're wedge you're the i i I kept saying well lando's got partial force powers he can call a lightsaber to him so you get that fun oh okay i'll be lando now right Uh, um and i would that so that's how you kind of maybe interpret the force younger maybe that sticks with you to certain you know certain uh yeah certain on on your path maybe for a certain uh time uh i i don't know i don't know but yeah it's definitely different definitely different force abilities what you do with it what salt and pepper shakers you move. <laughs> Jennifer, how, how do you think about force abilities as opposed to necessarily just the, the force itself? Where are you at with uh, how you process it all? 
Yeah, I think about it when I think this is where I start to become a stickler about the Sabine mm-hmm. thing, right? Because I do, <laughs> I do think that there is something to be said that they take the younglings, right? They take young kids mm-hmm. and they they train them. And the reason why is if you look at real children in our world, they can learn languages faster than an adult can, right? Mm-hmm. right. Their imaginations, that's why there's so many incredible young kid actors Mm -hmm. because they're prone to like have imaginative play. It's Mm -hmm. easy for them to imagine a giant dinosaur is coming towards them. Right. Even though it's like Mm -hmm. a tennis ball. So they don't use tennis balls anymore. Anyways. uh, The point is, is that like there's something about their minds that are just more flexible. And so taking, I think teenage years don't, don't take a teenager hormones, ego, all this stuff. That's really hard. That's an uphill battle. So I feel like for natural talent, if you take them when they're young, see who's going to work the hardest, then they'll weed themselves out. Just like with me with piano. Because I started young. (laughs) I started when I was five. And Joseph, same thing. Everyone's Mm -hmm. like, you're so talented. You're so talented. Well, then you're around a bunch of talented, really talented pianists who are practicing three, four hours a day. Mm -hmm. And real quickly, I'm like, I don't want to do that. I'm okay with just being where I am. I'm not going to be a Jedi. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to be a piano Jedi. Right. I may have force abilities, but I'm I'm no Jedi master. So it's just the way that it is. But that's my feeling on on talent. Yeah. Uh, You know, like anything, if you want to become an Olympic athlete, most of those people have been doing it since they were kids. Yeah. Same thing with the Jedi in my heart. I I do. Yeah. I I think that that you're, you're tapping into a great thing about um, the idea of sort of faith, uh, we people often talk about Jennifer, like you mentioned, the the force itself is in sort of faith is something in something larger than us. But I feel like force abilities is almost faith in yourself. Mm-hmm. And when Yoda mm-hmm. says to Luke, "You must unlearn what you have learned," mm-hmm. I think he's talking about sort of rigid things about like the rock is smaller, so I can lift it. The X wing's big, I can't. But I think it's also just like the older you get, the more we fill ourselves with can'ts, don'ts, shouldn'ts. That's the, not the way it works. And, and to have hurt. the sort of hubris to say, I can t- tap into the, the, the reality of the cosmos and I can channel it through myself and I can be something, you know, extraordinary. It, it is like having the, the hubris or, or the faith to believe in yourself as an artist, to, to put yourself out there or to come up with a wild business plan or, or decide I'm 80, but I'm climbing that mountain. It's it's having this faith in yourself that I think younger people haven't been filled up with the, the can'ts and the don'ts. <laughs> They're like, I'll do that. Um, mm-hmm. And that's a big part of the story of force abilities to me. And, and that's fascinating for somebody like Sabine, who's gotta be loaded to the gills with can'ts and don'ts in rigidity mm-hmm. and is fighting to find a way past that. Mm-hmm. Jen, how do you feel about that part of it? I, I think for the one month time on a Star Wars podcast, someone will say, remember, George made this for 12-year-olds, right? And, and, and yeah. uh, <laughs> what, meaning you are about, you know, give or take a year or two, that's when it starts to hit, right? I remember being 13 before a play uh, in which I was one of the stars, and I sat there and I said to myself for the first time, I think I'm depressed. Right. That's mm. when it all it's all starts rushing in, I think, along, you know, you know mm-hmm. mileage may vary. Experiences may may vary, but that's around the time. And I think there's a lot to what George is putting in there into this that that this idea. And I think he revisits it a little bit with with the Phantom Menace and that are too of just, yeah, you know, you know you're going to start saying you can't. You're going to start saying it's too big. You're going to start saying the thing I have inside me, the thing that's calling me forward. I just can't. It's too much. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's part of the mystical thing of it. You know, it turns into a little bit of Jedi dogma that we have fun to 
debating of let's get them young. But I think to your point, Jen, your perspective as a parent, it's true. Not just that you can mold them into doing their chores, but that you can, you know, hey, here's who you are. And and it's it, you have unfettered access to that self right now. Um, and, and the world's going to dump a lot of garbage in front of you on that path. But connect to it now. And I think that I think the force and the fun of the force and the ability, to, it does tap into that stuff for me. That's why it's still a valuable story for all, all of us to learn from. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, absolutely. Um, so we want to be sure to talk about the the why and the depth, but there's also the fun of getting into the like the the canon. Um, I think uh, it's it's interesting to me that in this this show, in Ahsoka, Hu Yang and Ahsoka are quite clear that talent is a factor. Um, mm. That the Jedi Order of old tracked down infants who were uh, who were expressing <laughs> force mm. abilities. Like they're they're, they're in the Things that we get to see, they're, they're already throwing blocks at their mind and things like that. Um, Sabine's level of natural talent would not have been admitted into the Jedi Order, who Yang is really clear about. Mm-hmm. Ken, how do you, uh, we've been talking a little bit already about the sort of the, the natural talent part of accessing the Force mm-hmm. as, um, as metaphor, as analogy. Uh, but how do you feel about it from a sort of canon Star Wars lore perspective? Does it help tie the storytelling together for you to say, like, yeah, the Jedi of old would not have accepted Sabine, but this is a different time. How do, does it help you kind of make it, make it all make sense? It, it, it does, and we'll get into the weeds a little bit uh, on the Sabine uh, character and some thoughts I have mm-hmm. on that in, in many directions. But uh, in terms of what you just said there, you know, the, tying the storytelling together, I think it pays off a lot of what Yoda was saying. Maybe it pays off a strong word, but you know what I mean? Like it, it, it referenced that it's going back to that. It's going back to the core. It, and, and it might, might challenge a little bit of what was going on in the order in the past. And I think that's okay. The order clearly needs to change because the order doesn't exist. And, and I, I, I like that. I, I like, cause I think one of the big things that I, I like about the Ahsoka series and I think key to the Ahsoka character is that question of what does it mean to be a Jedi and what does it mean to be a Jedi right now? And, and Ahsoka, I think, comes to a point of, of, you know, looking at that a little differently and that we need to. And, and she because of her experiences, we know why she's on that path. And some of the bickering and bantering with, with Hu Yang is, is a little bit about that, right? Right from the very beginning. I'm following Jedi orders. I'm following the strategies we've done for <laughs> thousands of years. And that wasn't wrong then, but maybe we have to look at it now. And I think a lot of that does filter down to the story of Sabine and what we're, what we're asking here. What does it mean to actually be a Jedi in this time? Yeah. Jennifer, how do you feel about it? Does it, Do you feel like having those bits of information in the Ahsoka show uh, help make sense in, of the entire Star Wars story of like, oh, it, it, it makes sense that there are people at different levels of talent and even the Jedi Order were like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> eh, right. You know, I think it's I think it's very important. I think that they've been pretty crystal clear to why, you know, how your heart you have to you can be a great warrior. You can have the talent, but it's, it's accessing a different part of yourself, which is the challenge and what, what we see with Sabine. She is a badass, but now she's being required to use a different muscle than she's used mm. to. Right. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's like, oh, that's that's going to be an uphill battle for all the reasons that that we stated but yeah i think i think it makes total sense um yeah and i think this is why the (laughs) that was the end (laughs) okay i think i think i think having some of that dialogue some of that perspective some of that idea is is why the sort of the midi-chlorian and the the power ranking doesn't bother me because it it moves Mm. it acknowledges it to me and moves the story past it of yep you can 
you, you can get your space razor and you can measure, but that's a measure of possibility. Jennifer, you, you might have been off the scales for Jedi pianist. <laughs> right. You didn't want to do it. And, and this centers training and choice. And, you know, Filoni's talks about in interviews again and again how that was one of the big things that Lucas wanted to get across to him, that training is really important. Uh, I think mm-hmm. Filoni's talked about, we didn't, I didn't want Grogu to level up without him training because it was so right. important to George that that's part of this. You have to, you can mm-hmm. have natural talent, but you must train. So I like that it, it centers the, the training. I would just like to say, this is how I related to it. I'm going to bring an American Idol back when I used to watch it. <laughs> you see a lot of really great raw talent, but there is something about when they're week after week doing different genres. If they don't have the training, if they haven't been singing, whether it's in you know choir or, or in, in church or whatever it is, you can tell the performers that have that training. Because they're able to have that stamina. They're able to have that level of performance that you need. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I, I look at it. I'm like, Sabine is, is a great – she can carry a tune. She's got a natural, nice voice. But now she's got to, to do her training to be able to perform in front of Simon Cowell. Yeah. And it doesn't necessarily need to be she has to go to Juilliard, a.k.a. No, the no. Jedi Order of Old. She's right. got to yeah. no, find her own her own path, her own That's repetition, good. her own practice. I, the other thing for me very quickly is just I think on the publishing side in particular, uh, there's been lots of great exploration of of people who are sort of force aware. Um, mm, yeah, Maz yeah. Kanata being like, hey, I can feel it, but I can't control yeah. it. That's obviously in Force Awakens. But in, in the Catalyst novel, Jin's mother, Lyra Urso, is really like, I cannot, I cannot train. I cannot move things with my mind, but I can sense across the galaxy that something horrible happened mm-hmm. um like these mm-hmm. different levels of engagement i think the the jedi and the high republic uh, storytelling have been doing a really good job of have finding characters who feel like i'm not good at all the standard jedi stuff i'm just not but i'm really great at this one thing mm-hmm. and it's about expressing talent in lots of different ways and that to me is really connected to the real world and, and democratic and beautiful we don't all have to be equally talented at at things uh, what matters to me is that we are all talented in our, in our own ways and yeah yeah sure like damn sure damn is a great example of that too yep. i think wonderful oh, yeah. yeah exactly exactly uh so we've also talked a little bit about this but i want to dive in the difference between having the force and being a jedi because i think sometimes uh, when fans are kind of talking about it fast and loose it can be like oh so anybody can be a jedi now like eh, no everybody has the potential to access the force. Uh, but Ken, for you, wh- what's the important distinction between somebody who has force abilities and somebody who's a Jedi? I think now at this point, my fandom, it comes down to just a simple direct thing. It's, it's you are choosing to take on the responsibilities of what this all means and what it's all about and, 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 and the force itself. Uh, you are choosing to take on the responsibilities of representing uh, uh, the force of, of, of standing with the light and, and trying to push it out into the galaxy and standing before the dark. It is, it is, a, it is a responsibility to me. Mm-hmm. It's uh, not a burden, but it is a choice. When you take that choice, you continue to make those choices and you stand with and for the force, I think. Sounds yeah. like a recruiting plan, but... <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer? Um, I'm sorry, were we talking about the, about the, the, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm having distinctions. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The distinction between just being a Jedi. versus being a Jedi. Yeah. This is one of the reasons why I actually really liked 
The Last Jedi, even though I knew that this was possible before, but seeing the stable hand at the end of the film to Mary Blagg, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. the idea that he c- could be force sensitive, it just felt like a democratization of the force mm-hmm. for me. Whether he's going to become a Jedi, we don't know if he's going to get that training and all that stuff, but it's just, I and I forgot about Catalyst with Jyn Erso's mom. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Or even Maz Kanata, like you're saying, mm-hmm. I love that idea. It's like the sixth sense that we all kind of sometimes feel, or this deja vu, right? It's not that we're all psychic. It's just a feeling that we have. It feels very, mm-hmm. it feels very believable to me. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, that yeah, makes a ton of sense. Um, I think for me, the the distinction between having force abilities and being a Jedi it is that the, the Jedi again is, is the training, it's the commitment, it's making a vow, it's you know, a, a, a it's a philosophy and a career, not yeah. a power set. Mm, um, right. it, it is like, hey, if you you could you know, be it in a, a amazing uh, pianist, but the decision to become a concert pianist is a job. It's a vow, you know, it's a, it's a, I don't know if it's a philosophy, uh, but I think to me, it's important to make a distinction between a power set and the commitment. Uh, mm-hmm. Ahsoka and Sabine are in an era where they can define what it means to be a Jedi for themselves. Uh, but, you know, Ahsoka isn't, training Sabine just to use powers she is training her or to have powers but she's training her to be a, a part of this legacy and this commitment and this philosophy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. um like which we, we we could uh sometime do a full a whole episode about uh uh Yoda telling Luke in in Return of the Jedi the last of the Jedi you will be but for me that is when I was a kid that was yeah, because his of his abilities yeah. now for me it's his commitment He's on the path. Mm-hmm. He's going to be a Jedi, a philosophy, a mm-hmm. vow. I want yeah. to see an old old person become <laughs> like discovering that they have this ability and being like, I'm going to train. I'm going to do this because uh, that would give me hope right now. Yeah. <laughs> we do we knew uh, more more middle-aged uh first-time jedi uh, right uh, right well i was a scoundrel but i'm making well I, I mean that's kind of what uh, sabine isn't middle-aged she's just hitting 30 uh but yeah. hey when you, you hit 30 culture tells you you're you're already middle-aged uh mm-hmm. i don't agree mm-hmm. with that but but she's kind of doing that she's a career shift i was a mandalorian warrior rebel uh Mm-hmm. painter <laughs> no yeah now we got it uh so we've we've been talking about this a little bit we're gonna uh talk this and then we're gonna take a quick break uh there are often discussions about star wars balance between being a dynastic story and a democratic story on one hand you can hear people uh say or write that uh, this story the star wars story has been about the skywalkers basically a royal family with power in their blood uh the the uh, different strong opinions about the sequel trilogy because Ray's story did become one of being connected to a bloodline, uh, connected to uh, Palpatine. And on the other hand, uh, you can have interpretations like this that's going on with Sabine, that the force is for everyone, anyone, anyone can be the heroes who make a difference. Does this story with Sabine for you, Ken, does it have an impact on the way you feel about the the Star Wars balance between being a, a dynastic story and a democratic story? I, I think it, it impacts in a way of like, yeah, we're getting to explore this. Hey, it's for everyone. You know, if you want to concentrate, commit and, and have the most serious mind, it's there. I think that's valuable. Uh, I, I also like 
the chosen one stories and I like, uh, you know, having to pull a sword from the stone and, and some, some big giant sweeping magical stuff that that's more classic fairy tale stuff. I, I think it's a good balance. So I think it's, it, it's helped. Um, it's helped me understand the value of the story a little bit more just based on how I grew up that it's, mm-hmm. it's, 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 it's Luke and yeah, Kenobi and Yoda, but they're off the map and it's Luke, you know, and Leia too. Right. Yeah. That's, but yeah, I, I think it, I, I like where it points the, 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 some of the stories for some folks, if that makes sense. Yeah. How about you, Jennifer? I think if it had just stuck with one through six, episode, episodes one through six, I think it would have been fine having it be this family, right? The, mm-hmm. the legacy of this family. But if you want to have these stories continue, you you can't just have like dueling force sensitive families and be like Game of Thrones, right? Like you got to ha- you got to open it up a little bit. And so, like I said, with The Last Jedi, it really felt like it was letting and even the Rey as a nobody it was making this statement, right? That that you do not have to come from this, you know, incredible family lineage. You, stable kid, can have this force. And if you really believe in yourself and you train hard, you can, you know, achieve your dreams. Uh, so I think that that's a really important message, not just for, for me as an adult, but certainly for children, who uh, feel like they're uh, up against a lot of odds. It's like, no, anybody can be a hero. Don't believe that you have to be a part of this family, a part of this legacy. Like you can help, you can help out your community and take action for in a positive way. Yeah, no, I, I, I love that. And I, I agree with that. I, I'm happy for the Sabine thing because I think it brings that democratic perspective that, that people did love about the last Jedi. Mm-hmm. It, it, and it, it brings, brings that to the forefront in regards to the force. I get um, I get frustrated with the dynastic versus uh, democratic story because I understand where people are coming from. We've had a lot of talk about the Skywalker legacy and Anakin being a chosen one, and and I understand the. I think the Palpatine thing with Ray was far more about what is the worst thing that Ray has to face mm, um, mm-hmm. in, in her past than than any desire to make it more dynastic. I understand that there are absolutely readings of Star Wars uh, being dynastic, but to me, it has always been democratic. The intent has been democratic. It's part of the reason I wanted to start our conversation with, how did we feel about the original trilogy? We felt it was a story about a kid from nowhere who's actually, you know, has, has something valuable to offer. There's that perspective that it feels like just to me, the intent of Star Wars has always been to be very democratic. And then there is the... Um, great. Some, some people are born with lots of natural talent and the spotlight gets put on them and the spotlight's been on the Skywalkers because of their natural talent. But the first film is predicated on the chosen one hero with the dynastic blood, Luke Skywalker, probably gets blown up by his dad unless the nobody scoundrel makes a better choice and through his cold heart where he thinks he's out for number one instead decides actually we're all in this together and I got to be there for my friend Han and Luke win together in a new hope Lando steps up in Empire Strikes Back all the way through to Rise of Skywalker when you have the incredibly democratic lines of there's there's more of us Poe there's more of us I feel like it's always been both but when we focus solely on the force part of the storytelling, there can be a focus on the, the royal blood and the dynastic. And I'm really glad that, that Sabine is helping expand that story. So hopefully 
people can see the parts of Star Wars that has always been hmm. very much the nature of the Force. We're all connected. We're all in this together. We all have different things to add, but we all matter. We all have powers. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the 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 Last Jedi and to rise, you know, um, change. It was it was a bit of a change, a gear mm-hmm. shift. Uh, yeah, I, I think I've I, like Jen, your perspective on it uh, was echoed by some folks I worked with back in the day, and and I, I really, um, I really understand that. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I was pulled in by the, this girl from nowhere who literally climbs a mountain to find herself in the center of the story, and there's great value in that. There, I, um, I, I like where it went. I like where it moved. Probably in line with Joseph on that, but I, I, I get it too. I, I just always, I think the Sabine thing is 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 a good balance. Uh, for someone like me, an a-hole like me, who's like, I love football, so I, but I love the Miami Dolphins' 53 highly trained, skilled players. I don't want to go to the park and watch 22 dudes having a flag football game, you know, like when I'm sitting down for a movie. But when you're talking about inspiration, talk about what you can take for your life. I think Sabine represents a lot of even, uh, you know, Jen, what you're saying here, that it that there's great value in these modern times because it's not 1983 to get mm-hmm. that reminder that we're all here and you all can make that choice. Mm -hmm. And we're going to dive into more of the power of uh, Sabine's story after we uh, take this, uh, this quick break. But before we do that, we have a recommendation, right, Ken? We do. And I want to add this to the top of the story here, Joseph. Uh, Maybe uh, this, 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 Alex texted me this, and, and I think by the time this episode gets out, people will have known this information. I'm going to have an update because it leads into our recommendation here, all right? Okay. Uh, this is from Brad uh, uh, Rao, uh, the supervising director, one of the executive producers of the series. He makes clear that, and this is from StarWars.com, he makes clear that her, Ventress's return, will honor prior tales, including the book in which the character apparently perished. Quote, we don't want to spoil anything, but want fans to know that any new storytelling with Ventress will align with the events of Star Wars Dark Disciple. What is Star Wars Dark Disciple? A book you can try out on us by going to audibletrial.com slash Force Center. Download your free audiobook today. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash Force Center for your free audiobook. We'll take a quick break, deal with that news and that update, and come back from here on Force down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile unlimited premium wireless. Ready to get 30 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20 20, 20 ready to get 20 20, ready to get 15 15 15 15 just 15 bucks a month. So, give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. 
like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. All right, welcome back. Uh, Joseph, uh, Jen, any, any thoughts to the updated information? Thanks to Alex Damon for texting me that mid-recording. Even when we try to be caught up with the news, we're caught <laughs> yeah, flat-footed. Yeah. Um, there, mm-hmm. there, there's some delightful ambiguity about that because it doesn't mm-hmm. just straight up say, hey, don't worry. Uh, it's it's yeah, flashback. It's this, yeah, right. yeah, right. Yeah, that's true. But it's also, in some ways, like, you know what? Just much like Obi-Wan counsels Luke, patience. 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 We'll, we'll all see it, and then we'll have a full discussion of, of what happens. We don't need to center on our anxieties about what if they yeah. handle it wrong. Um, mm-hmm. So for the Ahsoka or the uh, Asajj part of it, I'm just I'm excited to see the character. I'm excited to see it back. Mm-hmm. I'm almost more intrigued by the business side of it. That mm-hmm. like, yeah, you, th- this is this is a part of courting an intense fanship who mm-hmm. falls in love with. Uh, Asajj in my heart is not a small character, but no. in the grand scope of Star Wars, she's a, she's a smaller character who hasn't mm-hmm. as much exposure. And there are those of us who love her and have tattoos of her. Mm-hmm. And to just throw her in there without it's fascinating that you can't put out a trailer without needing to put out a press release. <laughs> a press or that's incredible. Yeah, that, in some ways, that's the like times change, and here's where we are. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think it's intentional though, because if he says it's a flashback, which it very well may be, then everyone's like, oh, uh, yeah. and they may not want to tune in. Right. Yeah, they may be like, yeah. oh, but if he's like, it may be, I cannot confirm or deny. Everyone's like, yay, I'm going to watch. And we're going to hope that, you know, something new is happening. And then it's a flashback. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But I do think it's interesting that they put out this statement that they felt the. I don't know if it's a no. need I don't know. I think they get it. You know, they're yeah. fans themselves and they know yeah. how we all feel about it. So yeah. Yeah, get very it. smart. They very get smart. It. They get it. You, you want to lead the conversation. You're trying to get fans excited. Why would you want them to obsess about something that you don't intend? Mm-hmm. Right. right. There you go. Yeah. I, I think it, it speaks to a bigger business thing that we've talked about before. Um, uh, I, I, I actually recently ran into someone uh, in, inside the Lucasfilm sphere. We had this discussion in a wood ranch in Burbank of us. <laughs> I, I, I wish they'd sometimes get ahead of the narrative as best they can. You can't, it's mm-hmm. impossible to control right. it. It's going to do what it's going to do, but this is an acknowledgement of, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we know what we did and, yeah, there's some reasons for it. Just hold on. Yeah. You, you say patience, Luke. Uh, Joseph, mm-hmm. I always go to, to Jar Jar. Steady, steady. Like. <laughs> yes. Uh, you can uh, throw those energy balls later. And we will 
have great fun with that. Uh, should we get back to Sabine? Indeed, indeed. Excellent. So I want to talk specifically about Sabine's journey and everyone having the force. Uh, we did touch on her force journey in, in our live action Rebels episode. And I think we have a, a mix of opinions uh, amidst ourselves and maybe even in our own individual souls. Uh, Ken, for you, what was valuable or interesting about seeing the journey of a, you know, in quotes, less talented, less naturally talented student mm. of the force. I apologize. I don't remember all the things I said on that episode. So if I repeat things, uh, I really, truly apologize. Not just to your uncle at a party uh, who might still be drunk from the weekend. But I uh, I, I, really like it. But I, I do remember saying, and I still understand, uh, my, I understand myself when I say, I didn't under, understand why Sabine and why now. But that's not mm. entirely negative. That just means I'm excited to find out because I am excited that Floney... Because, of course, Dave Wood puts on that cowboy hat and says the man in flannel and I probably discussed this in break rooms. We we discussed this in writing sessions. We This goes back to Empire. goes back to all the things we're talking about. Uh, it goes back to Jan Dodonna believing in the Force. We're going to explore that side of it. Uh, and, and, and we're going to see where it goes. Because I don't know, you know, it's, it's really wide open with Sabine, how far she takes mm-hmm. us. Uh, and I think my reaction of I didn't understand why Sabine and why now was because I loved so much of what was already in her story. So I was ready to pick up that the Mand- Mandalorian warrior and the trials of the dark saber. And it was like, oh, oh, we're going different. And that can sometimes challenge that can that can sometimes push you off. We just talked about the episode eight, episode nine switch. Uh, and I think that's now I'm at this. All right. I'm game to find out what this really means. Hmm. Yeah. And I, I love what you're saying. And I love that's such a great way to center it because we we're talking about it in the context of this is uh, Sabine's story where Sabine is is the representative of the idea. Mm-hmm. Everyone has the force. Mm-hmm. But what you reacted to is it wasn't about Sabine shouldn't have the force. It was about her as a character of why is this her journey now? Yeah. Not she shouldn't have the force, but yes. more about yeah. who who is she as a character? Is this what she would want, wanting to understand why she wants it, all those things that are character-based, right? Yeah, I didn't yell, uh, Star Wars is not for women and I don't want more girl Jedis. I didn't yell that. I didn't yell that I don't want this. I just was like so moved by this character. You know, she was one of the, you know, she's so many favorites for people. She's she's a favorite coming out of Rebels. And I was there too. That The Trials of the Darksaber stuff is some heavy, heavy storytelling. Um, but, if you, yeah. but if you go back to that, it, it makes sense. It's a saber. It's a saber you got to connect with to use. She gets those lessons from Kanan. I'm not saying Filoni was putting the seeds there, but maybe he saw an opportunity. I, I don't know. He, he also has a pretty good handle on what he wants to do even years out. So, yeah, I, I, but going back to that, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah. Jen, what for you is is valuable about her her story? Because I think you're in a, you were in a similar place with Ken, right, where you were sort yes. of just bumped out of it because you didn't feel like that was the trajectory the character was on. I just feel, didn't feel like it was needed. And like you can, I was like, why now? She was already, yeah. like, we, we were on a specific path with her and now we're on a new path where in some ways, she, like I would expect for her to be able to like hold her own and join this fight with Ahsoka. And instead now it's almost like, come on kid, I'm going to have to train you. And she's more almost like a liability, which is something that I was not anticipating. And I obviously have a hard time with change. I'm working through it. Um, but what I did like, was seeing her self-doubt and it is very relatable. Like when you're trying to get back into working out, right? It's really hard. Your muscles are not strong. You're not Mm. quick. Like you might've been in the past. And so seeing her really try to find herself. And I I do hope that they do explain why now. I I, I think 
I don't know. I just think it's kind of an important thing. Well, and maybe it will be revealed. We're missing those conversations intentionally, right? We're missing the yeah. recruitment from Ahsoka. Hey, have you ever thought of doing that? Yeah, we're missing that. Mm-hmm. And, and that's for, re- that's for a reason. Yeah, yeah. But. That's right. There it is. Yeah. That's it. Mm-hmm. No, I, I I I love what you're both saying. I think when the the trailers dropped with the uh, revelation of Sabine calling Ahsoka master, and mm. you know it was during the strikes, and you, the three of us would have done an eight hour episode on on that beat, um, and we would have uh, been making predictions, and we would have been texted halfway through by Alex Damon telling us about the press releases. <laughs> Alex, <laughs> um, when that trailer dropped. I thought, ooh, this might be an interesting story of being a Jedi is not just force abilities. It's a commitment, a vow, a philosophy. Mm -hmm. And wouldn't that be interesting if Sabine was, if Ahsoka was like, Sabine, you have this desire to answer the ambiguous call that your your spiritual brother Ezra left you with of you're going to finish this journey. Mm -hmm. You picked up that Darksaber and you fought with it. You picked up his his blade, he left his blade with you, finish his journey. And it doesn't matter if you can connect with the force. I'm going to train you in the philosophy and you're going to make the commitment. I thought, oh, this might be a really interesting story of can you be a Jedi with no force powers? Um, right. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then it, yeah. it became, a, can you just, if, if, if Lando was like, you know what, actually, I want to become a Jedi and I'm going to go through all the, it's, you know, it's not about the powers, it's about. The, the commitment, the philosophy. Um, mm-hmm. I thought it might be that. Mm-hmm. So then when the story became like, no, she can't access the force. It's just, just not as naturally gifted. Um, I, I thought it still tapped into that idea of it, it is about the philosophy as much as it is about the abilities. You need the abilities. And, and I agree. I would love to see the story where did Hera sent something? Did, uh, did Sabine tell Go, go after Ahsoka and say, you know, I've been watching this video of Ezra. I want to follow in his footsteps. I did feel something with Kanan. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I did feel something more, just that I can't put to words when I was playing the Darksaber. And Ahsoka's like, all right, we'll we'll see what's there. Mm-hmm. Um, but from from Hu Yang's perspective, I I feel like Hu Yang gave her the old blood test at some point. I think the Chick Razor came out at some point, and <laughs> Hu Yang's got like, I think Hu Yang's got the midi chlorian count right. So once it becomes the story that it is and, mm-hmm, and you know, mm-hmm. getting into the philosophy that we try to have on, on Force Center often of embrace the story you're presented with. Once it once it is this story of yeah, yeah. she has the Force, but she's not as naturally talented, I think that becomes this great underdog story. Mm-hmm, and that's mm-hmm. what's relatable about it. Mm-hmm. Like a, uh, a Luke, Anakin, Ray are all coded as nobody's from nowhere desert rats who are not important to the story Hmm, that's the mm -hmm. way other people react to them we we very quickly just move past that part of the story because we now know it is a dynastic story it's a story of your powerful bloodline but a lot of the power of their story was that the rest of the galaxy thinks you're not important thinks you can't possibly do this can can you work hard and, and surprise them surprise yourself and sabine is almost like a resetting of that to be like mm-hmm. she, she really is going to have to work harder. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, it is a real underdog story. When I'm when I think about Sabine's story, it reminds me of my wife trying to get me to do yoga. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I'm at first <laughs> right. just like, 
my wife is a trained dancer <laughs> with natural flexibility. She's like a Jedi, naturally flexible, and has trained her entire damn life. And she's like, can't you just do this? And then, like, bends over and stands on her head. And, like, no, every bone in my body will snap. Tendons mm-hmm. will be flying like loose spaghetti. My body can't do that. I can't yeah. do that. And she's always like, no, you're not going to be able to do it as well as me because of yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the way your body is made and the years you spent crunched over screens. <laughs> but if you worked at it, you, you, you are much more flexible than you think you are. Mm-hmm. 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 There, there's great value in it. You, you can do yoga. Everybody can do yoga. And I'm like, ah, I can't do yoga. Yeah. It, t- to me, it's relatable and powerful in that way of like, we might not be the best, but that doesn't mean we don't have talent. Yeah. I like that story though. Like yours, and like you were presenting with Sabine and Ahsoka, like what we didn't see. That's what I would have wanted to see. I, I just think mm-hmm. it, it kind of came in in a funny place. I either would want it to be like, hey, you know, like this awareness of it, and and her approaching her, Ahsoka approaching Sabine, or she's already kind of got it, and but she still is struggling a little bit. I don't know. I just mm-hmm. felt like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It came in a kind of a funky spot in this story for me, at least. Yeah, no, I mean, I think like emotionally, the watching the video of Ezra to me isn't just about missing Ezra. It's about he asked me to continue this journey, and I really took that to heart. And I found this connection to the idea of being a Jedi, uh, the idea of being selfless, and mm-hmm. I want to follow that path. So this sort of emotional trajectory, I can really in- infer. But then I do, like you both, get a little caught up in the like, but there's a really interesting story there when it comes to like sort of the abilities and mm-hmm. why she followed that part of the path and right. whose idea was it? Did she, uh, and we talked about this before, it, it, was this Ahsoka or, or Hera who came to her and said, actually, I think you can do this? Mm-hmm. Or was it her saying, I believe in myself? I really look forward to hearing that that part of the story eventually. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, right. Like when you trace it and you, and, and you do what Force Center teaches you to do, right? Dig in, dig in and, and ask the why. And I, I, I'm totally fine with it. I, I can't escape that at times early on, trailer onward, it, it felt out of left field. I don't think that's correct. I think, again, going back to Charles Dark, I think it's all there. But I, I can't escape that at times it, it came out of left field for me, which is okay. Yeah. It just, that was my starting point. I would have preferred for myself understanding so much of the story, the importance of the story was uh, Ahsoka and Sabine tried and they gave up. They both gave up. Yeah. But I still would have hooked into the story even more emotionally if I knew who started this idea, who yes. thought it could work, is is an important thing for me to just feel even closer to the characters. Yep. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I know I know other people feel very different, uh, very strongly oh. in different directions, and that is uh, respected. Uh, we are going to move on to the, the force use that, that Sabine did have in the show. Uh, she, we, we saw her struggling with the, uh, the force abilities. We saw her, her doubting uh, herself. Uh, but Jennifer, ultimately, how did you feel about her big moments of force use, uh, uh, calling the lightsaber to her hand to defeat that uh, Death Knight trooper uh, and the big push of uh, Ezra to his freedom, even sensing a fate something when Anakin uh, was appearing to Ahsoka in, in the final moments of the series. How did you feel about those moments of force use? I thought it was really important that, you know, it, when these moments where people that she cares about, right, or she's in the midst of this battle, that she, she can call upon it, 
it's like that, you know, when you've heard about people who are able to do super, super strength things because mm. in this moment they needed to save their child or to yeah, help yeah, a stranger, yeah, yeah. right? It's yeah. that to me makes a lot of sense uh, because otherwise I'm like, well, just a couple scenes ago, she's having a really hard time and Hu Yang is talking all the smack about her, right? So it's like, <laughs> yeah. okay, now that makes sense. So that, that part of the story I really, I liked. I thought mm. it was very, very well done. Yeah. Again? Yeah, I, I like that take on it, Jen. I like looking at it that way of, of this, uh, you know, uh, when not push, but when when you just have to react, when you just have to do it right. Do or do not. Uh, it is, in, uh, you know, all those kind of things. You know, she lifts the car. I, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. Uh, there was some I like the moments where <laughs> she's kicking ass and he it's like nah here's your percentage point it's not very good on these strikes um, <laughs> i like that kind of stuff because i think i respect what he represents too of look look this this failed for this jedi order failed for a lot a lot more reasons than just uh we really wanted you to know your forms right like yeah, it's it, it, the hubris was the re- not not the training you know like there's bigger philosophy questions to have about why the jet order fell so some of the stuff still works it, it worked for a reason but hey you know we've always done it this way is not something you're supposed to you know think in business i remember my old boss <laughs> told me that all the time when he came in to try to change things i'd done for 15 years i get it um so i get well, in terms of my reaction to the um to the force my, my favorite one was actually the very end it was represented the journey for me and it helped me get to a a, a solid spot with her journey of feeling of being open to it it is a little like that finn i a feeling uh, talking to janet mm-hmm. about it uh, i i really do like that along the way uh, i don't want to get into the negative weeds i i I don't, I want to make, I don't ever need shows to surprise me with every scene and every second. I don't need to go, whoa, what a twist. Uh, I, when she does the force push on, on Ezra, it was a little plotting for me where I was like, well, she's, she's going to succeed. Right. <laughs> like I just, and that's just my mileage with it, but I don't want to take away from the power of it. Cause I think it is tied to what, what you're talking about, Jen. It, 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 I don't need unpredictability in my stories. I need to sometimes celebrate the character in that moment. Sabine doesn't know that it's going to succeed. Ezra doesn't know. Mm-hmm. I might know as a Disney plus subscriber, it's going to succeed, <laughs> but the characters don't. And I think that's the value. And that's where I try to engage on it. But therefore the one at the end is just, it's just wonderful. It's very warm. It's, it's, yeah. it's, 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 uh, I don't, it's, it's my favorite one. I'll in, I'll in there. <laughs> some, some starlights in the shadows, I believe. I, yeah. I, I, might, I might be uh, getting that wrong, but some starlights in the shadows is a nice poetic, uh, dare I say pulpy line. And also just like yeah. that, that feels like where she's at. It's like, I feel it. I feel it, but I, I'm, I'm working to keep yeah. co- connecting to it. Uh, I understand what you're saying about her force use at the end. I think there's the, there's that power of storytelling sometimes where certain stories get a power from surprising you. And uh, there's a great Kurt Vonnegut uh, quote, uh, the novelist Kurt Vonnegut about, you know, you should write a story where if you die, anybody could finish the last 10 pages mm-hmm. where, where that a power of narrative is like, mm-hmm. like music, even, even those, us, those like me who are entirely tone deaf, you can hear the note resolve and come home in that yeah. when you can hear it getting closer to coming home, wanting it to resolve and come home. And I think some of her force use, it has that joy of, yeah, if you paused it and said, hey, everybody, let's take bets. She yeah. can drop Ezra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you would be like, no, yeah. uh, we know that. But the emotional desire is in, yep. I feel the music building. This is the beautiful moment. I I desire that resolution. Thank you for delivering what I 
desiring. Yeah. Um, that that is definitely there for me in, in both of her her moments of uh, big force use, calling the lightsaber and mm-hmm. and saving mm-hmm. Ezra. What I liked about it is um, there's I, I mentioned this before. There's that moment where um, Ahsoka tells uh, Hu Yang, "I'm not trying to get her to be a Jedi. I'm trying to get her to be herself." Like Ahsoka yeah, has kind of figured like out, like I need to, I need to teach you all the traditional Jedi stuff because the the old ways have power, and you need to know those too. But the way you access the force is uh, through your perspective and your reality and your needs. And I love that. I, I would love it if it was a story point where Sabine can never move a cup in a training exercise. Mm-hmm. But if she is in the heat of the battle in the moment when she needs something as somebody who is full of energy, propulsive, dynamic, mm-hmm. that's her world, that's her life. Uh, it, it makes sense to her in the moment. Like I can use the force at a run, <laughs> mm. but I can't just stop and use it cold. That mm. to me is interesting because it's, it's, uh, it's using the force uh, um, in a way that tells us more about the character and, and who she is mm. and not just a sort of force limit of like Ahsoka can move that rock, but it's too big for Sabine. Yeah, yeah. If it's more like Sabine can use the force in ways that make sense to her in moments that make sense to her when she can tap into it that way. And I feel like that's what I liked about the story of it was a, a moment of danger. Yeah. I really loved the pushing Ezra because it was the conviction in herself of, I took this risk to come here mm-hmm. because I was committed that this is what needs to happen. It, it is her literally, you know, believing in her mission by pushing Ezra in that moment. Uh, I like the lightsaber thing because it was, she's a character of action and it's an action moment. Yeah. 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 Not to get into the negative weeds. It it would have been one, an incredibly cool moment if it wasn't so similar to the lightsaber beat in last Jedi with the, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. But that is a minor quibble. I'm just uh, trying to be a little bit more honest about some of my minor quibbles (laughs) (laughs) because they do exist. Um, but I love the the character perspective, and I really am excited to see that um, that grow. Um, in that in that same final episode, Ahsoka tells um, tells Sabine that being a Jedi isn't about wielding a lightsaber, um, which has some really interesting thing rhythms within the first big Force uses her calling the lightsaber. So I hope that it, those ideas are expl- explored more. Of like. Um, is is Ahsoka wrong? Like for somebody like Sabine, <laughs> wielding a weapon is how she connects to the Force because she's a warrior. Right. Um, mm. All right. Mm. Uh, moving on. Uh, Ken, mm. I was just joking about sort of limits on Sabine's power. Would you like in in the second season to see her have limits to her her power to see things that she's like, I can't do that, or I at least can't do that in the traditional way. Is that interesting storytelling to you, or does that get into too much power ranking? It, it might get into the rankings, but it'd be hilarious <laughs> if there's some things that happen, or if there's just things she's trying to lift an X-wing. She's like, "Oh, I can't do that," and everyone's like, "Yeah, you're right, you can't do that." Um, but I, I, <laughs> I think it would go against the spirit of even the stuff we're discussing here today. But uh, I would love to see her run up against those limits and find ways to push past it, or find. I, I like what you're saying about force powers or abilities or moves or moments that make sense for her. It makes sense for her in that moment. Uh, um, yeah, maybe she can't hit a, a 50 foot uh, jump shot with, with her uh, you know, blindfold on her, but but she can she can give that try. Uh, I, I'd love exploring that there. Uh, also, the, you know, a little humor every now and then. 
yeah. would, wouldn't work. Would, would, mm-hmm. would work. No, yeah. I mean, I think it's natural to a little bit of an underdog story of like, mm, you, you do have one hand tied behind your back. Uh, and now you're figuring out how to do this in a different way. Uh, Jennifer, how do you feel about uh, seeing the limits on Sabine's power? I think it's important. I do not want her to become a Jedi master. I don't want her to be like quieting her mind. And, you know, I don't want to see that. I feel like it goes against the character. We saw her being kind of scrappy, resourceful. I feel like this should just be another tool Mm. in that she can use, right? She needs to use something from, from her armor, like a whatever, like a grappling thing, right? Like do what you got to do. Is it a lightsaber? Okay. Use a lightsaber. Is a force push? Great. Might be something else. I just feel like that to me makes more sense with the character and it just doesn't feel like so much like here's a new Jedi that we've introduced. I don't want to mm. see it. Mm. I like yeah. I, I, I don't mind the character evolving and being able to add a little bit more like uh, calm and reflection to her skill set, mm. but I don't want to lose the connection to there there's nothing wrong with who I have been. I am scrappy. I, I tag things. I'll get a little bit calmer in my old age. And, you know, maybe I'm not, you know, angry tagging things. Maybe I'm peacefully making, you know, this, you know, uh, beautiful sculpture out of, out of sand using the force, but there's, I I don't want to lose who the character was. I'm open to seeing her evolve, but I really don't want to lose who the character was. And I think that scrappiness, that defiance, the, a, I'm a warrior. It's a legitimate part of my culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would love to see her powers not limited, but expressed differently. Of like, I can't do it that way. I, I, I can't just reach out and throw that huge boulder out of the way. I can, um, you know, agitate a, a combustible rock underneath it and blow it up because mm-hmm. that makes sense to me and makes sense to who I am. I would love to see character based using the force differently the way they've been doing such a good job in the high Republic of different people have different strengths. And I would love to see what, if she is a warrior, what is her, what is the way she expresses that through the force? Mm-hmm. It's a big question. Yeah. It's a big question. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so any other thoughts on Sabine before we uh, start to wrap up by talking about some other characters in star Wars? No, I just was, I, I I'm on this journey. There's been some missteps for me just as a, fan engaging with it um but i really love this character right and if this is where she's going i want to follow that yeah Mm, yeah. any final sabine thoughts i need to see her struggle i think of that scene with the death troopers that i know a lot of people picked out i'm not gonna get in the Mm. negative weeds here but with you know soka ezra and sabine fighting them and it Mm. just it didn't there didn't just felt kind of like like there was no i don't know it didn't feel like much of a struggle um so I want to see Sabine struggle. I mm. want to see her being like, I don't know what to, oh, that's right. I can do this, right? Mm-hmm. Having moments like that to me, it gives it gives it just some more color and life and relatability. Yeah, I'm totally with you. Sabine was one of my very favorite parts of Ahsoka. I, I really like the actor. I really like the, the, that we got to kind of grow up with this um, rebellious teen. <laughs> I love that we meet her as a, as a depressed 30-year-old living alone with her cat. <laughs> and she goes on this journey there's this great underdog story and and i don't i'm so fascinated to see her journey with the force wrestling with i i need to find the way it makes sense to me it's i'm i'm very different i come from a long line of unconventional jedi and i need to lean into being unconventional and you know how does that journey work for her how does that journey work for for her master who's committed to being there for her but you know i think there could be a lot of great comedy of ahsoka being like 
right. You're not going to do it the way I'm asking you to. You're going to have to find your own way. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping for that. Looking forward to that possibility. Uh, so to, to round out our conversation about the force being for everyone, uh, Ken, how do you feel about the idea that characters might be accessing the force in different ways without even knowing it, that what we have observed in Star Wars as uh, luck, intuition, natural skill, might actually be the way that somebody taps into the Force. Is Han's luck, Han tapping into the Force? Is Lando's charm, like, <laughs> that's his Force ability. Uh, Hera's piloting, you know, are, are these expressions of the Force? Is that what Kara was talking about? He's got a big connection to the Force. Uh, he's great. Um <laughs> Sorry, I went there. Um, is prodigious connected to the force. <laughs> I, I really like it in theory because I do think it connects to some of the stuff I love around the, the uh, Finn character. I know it's not widely uh, loved or some people just want to maybe even explore more as I hope maybe one day we get that chance. His uh, It's a feeling connects seven, eight, nine to me. Like it makes sense. It makes sense in terms of just this is what the force represents, this thing that is about light and dark and empathy and trying not to push one side of uh, the darkness over the light. Like all, It makes a lot of sense, but I also don't want to get so into the weeds of it where uh, I don't think it would. I don't your question doesn't isn't that but like where it would be explained to Han well really you just you were tapping to the force, um, mm-hmm. but it makes sense. It makes sense for this story. Uh, it makes sense for Star Wars, the galaxy of Star Wars, that this thing exists and you're all connected to it. Sometimes whether you know it or not, I think that's pretty powerful. I think that's pretty interesting, even if I don't need it explained beat for beat. You know, even if I, you know, Chief Chirpa felt it. like. <laughs> but but it, in terms of a philosophy and going back to even what the first three were about, this, this fairy tale, uh, yeah. to, to tell you here's what's out there for you to connect into. I like that. Yeah. Mm. Jennifer, how do you feel about that? I like that a lot. And I, I like the idea of it being like the sixth sense, like I said, type of thing. The yeah. thing where I do get a little torn is where it, if everything is explained by the force, then it feels almost very religious, right? <laughs> like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, that yeah. That's God. what I'm trying to, yeah, yeah I'm dancing right? around it maybe, but yeah, yeah You know yeah. what I mean? That's yeah. where I'm like, uh, uh, I don't know if I feel comfortable with that. But uh, but I do kind of like maybe this like little uh, force theme in the background occasionally that we that we sometimes hear. Could it be? Maybe not. Like, it's just the mystery of it. I'm okay with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think for me, it it is about, this is why, from my fandom of Star Wars, the sort of the the, the force as um, the connection to, to more than the sum of our parts and, and listening to our intuition and tapping into our natural talent and, and believing in ourselves, like all that uh really guides me because yeah i don't i don't ever want anyone to have given han solo a midi-chlorine test i han's never going to have right, tapped right, right, into right, right. the force because he'd just be like ah no um i don't think he's great at piloting the falcon because like qui-gon says about anakin he sees things before them happens as a jedi trait i don't mm-hmm. i don't think that's what han's doing right but right right but han's intuitive he trusts himself he trusts his instincts and i kind of like the idea of like the force is, it, it helps, it helps you be you. It helps you be your best you, <laughs> yeah. you know, and it doesn't have to be about a, a talent measurement that uh, I remember as a kid, I haven't didn't get a chance to look it up. I think it's in the return of the Jedi picture storybook where Han has fallen off the skiff and his, his feet uh, hit, hit the skiff and he, he holds. And there's something like the old solo luck, uh, was still there. And I remember as a kid being like, 
is Hans Luck like the force? Does he have like, does he tap into a luck field <laughs> that I, connects, you know? I, I'm trying yeah. to look up. I have a copy you guys of that. Are both well, I have out. the pop-up book, <laughs> oh, which is yeah. not the same. Interesting. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean, the pop-up book is beautiful, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, uh, we'll do some follow-up research. Yeah, we'll do some follow-up. But <laughs> just, just, just uh, popping up the pop-up is great. Um, yeah. So for I, I know some fans are probably li- listening or watching screaming, no. Oh, sorry. sorry. The, no, not the pop-up. To the idea oh. that Han could be tapping into the Force. I don't mean it is an Anakin thing. I just mean it is. I'm, I'm The, the yeah. Force is large and mysterious, and I'm open to it just considering it is talent. Yeah. That Dex's food is good. As an expression oh, of the force. Yeah. Because talent is the force. Absolutely. Uh, and along those lines, uh, Ken, what other characters might have success if they tried to use the force? Uh, I mean, Dex is a great a- answer. Have you ever had food here in, in the real world where it makes you believe in God because of what they put together? <laughs> like, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I, you know, I was, tr- was going to try to have a, you know, a little more jokey answer. I can't, uh, Padme. Mm. Padme. She might have saved it all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Might have said. Mm-hmm. In fact, I'm almost upset at the midi chlorians that they didn't jump from Anakin and go to Padme. Like, oh, this one, she might actually. <laughs> all right, this is better. Uh, Padme, yeah. she represents. She's steadfast. We've talked about this all the time. That's who she is. She represents the best of this world. Yeah, yeah. Dex is my answer. I think. I think he could. He could tap into the the yeah. force if it was uh, food centric. Uh, Jennifer, do you have a serious or a jokey answer to what characters would have success if they tried to use the force? Well, I mean, I, I, I'm still upset about the Finn thing. I, I just mm. really, I really was, I was so excited. I love Ray, but I was so excited. I'm like, it's going to happen. Okay. It didn't happen. And, and I don't know what that is. I don't know why I felt that way. Uh, and obviously timeline wise, it would not work for him to be training under Ahsoka. But I just feel like mm. the, the, I just really want to see that the way that his character was set up the whole arc of it in, in Force Awakens, it just felt right. And I'm still holding out hope that it could happen. Who knows, right? Mm-hmm. But I just, that to me would have been a really, really great story to tell. I, I really do hope that his his story can get fleshed out because I, I love what is what is there. And I, I understand it's a huge conversation about the way they put him across in the press and and he showed him with the lightsaber for Force Awakens, you yeah. know, in at least partially to disguise the the ray reveal and all that um i love what i love about rise of skywalker is that he seems so content in accessing the force in a different way in a unique way that it, for him it is it is enti- it's intuitive it's a feeling um and he, he in, in the bonding over the the whole company uh that deserted that because they felt they felt they had no um exposure to to information that what the first story was doing wrong they just sensed it uh so uh this whole idea of the force being something for everyone something uh intuitive i think finn is a great representation of that and i would love to explore that story more and i think it could have some of the weight in the power that sabine's story might if if it was given more room right i mean it just feels like return of the jedi all over again where i was like Yes, Leia's Leia's got it. Never see her train until much later, right? And yeah. it's like, yes, Finn's got. Okay, we're not going to see him train. I'm just like, all right, all right. Yeah. You're not alone. You're not alone in this. So you want to see Finn train? You want to see him unlock? I his, yeah. I, you gave me Sabine. Sabine is amazing. I love Sabine. I needed Finn. 
this, this is what I wanted. Yeah. <laughs> this is not what I ordered. And more, they, you know, you know, and this is, this is not count, but they got a little blip of it in the Lego special, right? Where, where he, right. Yeah, yep. yeah, oh, it's, yeah. 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 And it's, uh, again, that's not oh a replacement gosh, right. for what's, what, what could have been, but, uh, <laughs> it does, uh, it's there and it's present. I, I hope he, look, I hope we get it. I, I, I hope, uh, you know, we'll see what happens in the future. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's so freaking good. He's so talented. He really is. I, I really hope for for more Finn storytelling. Here's the final question on our discussion of uh, everyone having the Force. Uh, what characters, because of who they are as a character, would fail horribly if they tried to use the Force? Ken, do you have thoughts? Two answers. Beaumont Ken would just not understand <laughs> the magic side of it. He'd look at just the stats, the Google sheet of it. He, he couldn't. And then the one who I think could get dangerously close and then completely misuse it is Saw Gerrera. Oh. He oh. could tap in the dark side. Yeah, yeah he'd, sure. ta- he'd be like that. Good. Necessary rage. Colin yep. Trevorrow was right, he'd say. Uh, it's necessary <laughs> rage. And he'd tap into the dark side because I always, I already, I, I, I think Luthen Rails already, he's off the rails at times with his philosophies. Uh, uh, even though it comes from a real good place with uh, uh, good intentions, I think uh, Saw would be in that as well. Yeah, love it. That's a good love answer. it. Um, for myself, I picked uh, two characters because uh, to, to me, it is a. It, it, if everyone has it up to a point, and it is about your willingness to train, to try to open yourself to it. For me, this becomes great, like a, a great exploration of who's <laughs> really uptight. Or really, really has a different focus uh, than the Force. Sagarera is a great example because it is uh, tapping into it in a different way by focusing your intensity and your rage. Who know, maybe Hux would have been great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a lot of anger, uh, but um, I, Watto, I think. Oh wow, Watto! <laughs> wow. Watto would join the Jedi Order and then like try to pay a kid to be like, eh, "Do it for me," <laughs> because money, 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 money. The other person who cracks me up, imagine them like actually giving themselves a, a physical hernia trying to use the force is a uh, Cyril Karn from. <laughs> oh my god! He's so tight. He's so angry. Oh yeah, I would love to see that. Yeah, yeah. yeah just, uh, solid yeah. break. Yeah, his fingers snap, uh, straining. Uh, Jennifer, who for you would fail horribly? <laughs> just imagine, M- Mama Karn. You don't, you don't have this. Why are you trying? Stay <laughs> off your job, Jedi. You guys got good one. I have nothing because I've honestly like so many of the Star Wars characters are so driven by their egos mm-hmm. that that right there mm-hmm. eliminates most right. of them, right? Because you got to let that ego go. I mean, so uh, there's. So there's very few characters that I would believe in. Um, mm, mm, yeah. The rest of them, I'm like, yeah, they'd be, they'd be toast. Yeah. yeah. How would you feel if we discovered that Chewie could use the force the whole time and he's just like, ah, I didn't want to. I got, mm. I got enough skills. I don't need to be doing that. <laughs> it, could, it could work. I, I'd like to see that. I'd like to see that. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, make, that yeah. would be pretty amazing if like if uh you know if if chewie's kind of like old and retired by the time the ray jedi order movie but he's just like lifting a rock just a little bit because like oh she taught me after all these years <laughs> <laughs> oh that's fun i like yeah. that yeah that's good chewie, okay. old old gray chewie reaches out and the, the tree shakes a little bit and an animal falls out he can eat 
beautiful. Yeah, mm-hmm. paint black. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, that is our big look uh, at uh, everyone has the force. It's an exciting time. Uh, like we said at the top, this is something that's always been discussed by by Lucas, by Filoni. Uh, now it is in our storytelling, and I think it means that we have a lot more uh, storytelling and philosophizing as fans. Uh, Ken, we have an ask. You want to look at our ask? <laughs> I do. I do. Our ask is uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, uh, to go to our Patreon page and consider supporting. Uh, we have a goal out there right now. If we get to 400 paid subscribers, any level, uh, we are currently at 385 at the time of this recording. Uh, we will do a commentary of a Star Wars film. Uh, we're going to kind of pick up and maybe uh, restart or continue that series. Uh, it'll uh, be a lot of fun. We'll make them available to the public, but exclusive to uh, for, for purchase and exclusive to the Patreon supporters. And you get to help us choose. We at 400 will put on a poll and you tell us what movie to do. You get to be the uh, Hu Yang in the situation said, no, that, do that. Uh, I, I really like you. I'm sounding like I'm against them. I'm not. Uh, you can uh, consider and take that all in by going to patreon.com slash force center. That is great. And I failed to update our notes. Uh, we are actually at uh, 389 paid oh, subscribers right wow. now. So very so close good. to the 400 so paid. Good. I didn't want Alex to have to text us to let us know how many paid subscribers <laughs> we have. <laughs> so I thought I would throw it out here. Uh, we'll also do a quick reminder that we got those live streams coming up. Uh, yeah. On Tuesday, uh, January 23rd, 11.30 a.m., we're going to do a Bad Batch Season 3 trailer live stream and our big monthly Four Center live stream, Friday, January 26th, 2 p.m. Pacific. Ken, where else can people find us? Hey, you can find us on Twitter and threads at Four Center Pod. We are on Instagram. Our Facebook page is Facebook page is Four Center Podcast. We are available in a lot of spots as a podcast. Just search. You'll uh, find us there. Merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash Four Center. And as I said, you can go to patreon.com slash Four Center support us directly. Uh, I am at Ken Napsuck and KenNapsuck.com. I, I changed my camera angle a little bit. I, I, this is how selfish I am. I did this because I've been wearing Brian Ward shirts on our video side. I wanted people to see Brian Ward's shirts and go to his Tee Public page and, and get a shirt. And then I wore my band shirt today. So support the Moon Agers. Uh, go to the Moon Agers bandcamp.com for more. Jen, where can they find you? You can find me on uh, where YouTube. Okay, first of all, thank you all for bearing with me today. I had a really hard, we partied hard, the parents uh, wow. and our kids this past weekend. So I'm like, woof, I need more coffee. <laughs> You can find me on YouTube and Instagram <laughs> at Jennifer Landa, TikTok at Jennifer Landa 1138. I've been doing more Star Wars videos, little tidbits, uh, Star mm. Wars word nerd uh, things. Mm. I'm getting back into some 80s and 90s videos soon. I love that. I don't ever want that to go away, Jen. So please <laughs> uh, take some mama's little helpers, get through the day. <laughs> Make more of this. Uh, Joseph, take us home. You've uh, successfully launched your newsletter. It's going good. Where, where can they find it? Yeah, I'm really excited about the newsletter. It's uh, called Finish Your Monsters. It is a, uh, a phrase that I used to say to myself uh, when I was trying to finish a first draft to just convince myself to complete a thing. So this is a weekly uh, blog newsletter, whatever the correct noun is, uh, discussing my uh, creative adventures and uh, trying to inspire other people to finish the projects they're working on. I've been setting weekly goals, and so far it's been really great to have that. I said that out loud to the internet and everybody that I'm going to do that this week and helping me. Uh, stay focused. So if you're interested in that, if you want some help trying to stay focused, you can check it out uh, by going to buttondown.email slash finish your monsters, or you can just Google Joseph Scrimshaw, finish your monsters, and uh, it will pop right up. 
That's it for me, Ken. There you go. That's it for Joseph, Jennifer, uh, me, and, of course, uh, Chief Chirper. He's got mention in the show, so we got to pay our respects on the way out. We'll see you next time here on Force Center. Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies, I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show is absolutely incredible. Or anime. And under this mask is another mask. (laughs) You can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. Listen every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts, and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel.